1: recap. The Revs came away with a 5-1 win in their first game of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, really phenomenal game all the way around. Besides some sleepy defense early on, uh, Carlos Hill ended up with a hat trick. Adam Buxa scored twice. Uh, really great performances from pretty much everyone all the way around. Uh, we also got to see the Revs' one debut of Georgi Petrovic, uh, who came away with a nice save late in the game. Did concede early, but came away with a nice save uh, at the end. So, overall, a very, very solid game. I'm Greg Johnstone. Joining me today on this live Twitter Spaces show, Chris Faloukas. Chris, how are you doing today?
2: Greg, I'm doing fantastic. U.S. Open Cup is back. It's my favorite tournament. I don't shy away from talking about how much I love it. I, I blush over it. Uh, I think I've been n- n- labeled as the reason why it didn't happen the last couple of years, just because of how much I love it. Uh, but I'm so happy it's back, and Buxa has got a brace. So, I mean, how can you not be happy right now? How are you doing, Greg?
1: That is, I'm doing great. I do want to warn our listeners that you did miss a chunk of this game. I did. So we will need a lot of listener participation tonight. We already have Sam Minton here. Uh, Sunday afternoon fullbacks, we'll get to you in a second too. Um, but, but before we, we turn this over to the people, because we are the podcast of the people, uh, I wanted to give my – Key takeaway, uh, which is brought to you guys by the Rebellion. I said the Rebellion in the chat. Shout out to the Rebellion, our friends over there. Check them out at nerebellion.org for more information on them. Um, my, my key takeaway was that the Revs needed this win. They needed a really nice, solid win. Uh, you know, they, they put out a very strong starting 11, which I think a lot of people were surprised by. I was surprised by that. I thought we were going to play the kids. Um, but Bruce said in his post-game press conference that you know they need wins. He feels they should have six wins in Major League Soccer, and they have three. Um, he seems to really focus on building some momentum, getting on the right track and coming away with a win. And, and FC Cincinnati didn't feel uh, that strong of a lineup. So I think this could have been disastrous if they ended up with a, you know, one, one draw that goes to extra time or a loss or even a two, one win where they don't look very good. Uh, I think would have been pretty rough, but they come away with a, a really dominant performance today. a Five, one win, um, really kind of eased everyone's mind, and hopefully this builds towards the next game. So um, that's kind of my key takeaway tonight. Um, I, we can go into individual performances later. I'm sure we're going to talk about everyone, but I think on the whole, this is a huge, huge win uh, for the Revolution.
2: Yeah, you know, and I think uh, a good point of that too is that the Cincinnati didn't just roll out like their, their second-choice lineup. Maybe in the attack they did, but on the back line, it's a pretty first-choice lineup overall. You know, I think maybe Blackett is not a first choice. They didn't have uh, Nick Haglund, uh starting, and maybe Kenneth Vermeer is not your first-choice keeper. He still can make some incredible saves. Uh, he can also let in a ton of goals, as we saw tonight. But overall, I think, you know, Cincinnati... Uh, first of all, we're, I'm not going to go praise Cincinnati. I am not that guy. The traffic cones running around out there tonight were all over the place and very dis- disorganized, but they They weren't really going with with a second choice back line, so I think that really speaks to how well this attack which also wasn't a full first first choice attack, how well they they played together and uh, just really got going. You saw once uh, once I started getting a couple goals, it just it just snowballs so.
1: Yeah, it seemed like once it went to two one, it was all revolution from then on. So, uh, mm-hmm. really strong game all the way around. And FC Cincinnati is a respectable team this this year too. I mean, obviously they played a weakened lineup, uh, but they're in fifth place. They're they're a pretty decent team. This is not your slightly older brothers FC Cincinnati. Uh, this is this might be a quality team this year. So, well, they uh, definitely pulled cool.
2: out the wooden spoons tonight. tonight so.
1: yeah more like the episode so yes Uh, i want to get to sunday afternoon fullbacks because he's been waiting so long he requests to speak right away sunday afternoon fullbacks are you there the tension is killing me wait he's not he's unmuted but i can't hear if he's speaking We might have some technical difficulties sunday afternoon fullback are you there
2: Not that. hearing anything. Yeah, live is the best. Uh,
1: Sunday afternoon fullbacks log on, uh, uh, exit the Twitter spaces, and come back in and, and see if that works. In the meantime, I'll kick it over to Sam. Sam, are you still there? Do you have a key takeaway? I,
3: I do. I am still here uh, on my way home. Uh, yeah, I thought that Arnold had a pretty good game. Obviously, he didn't really show up in the score sheet, but he was able to draw that penalty. Maybe pro- could have gotten another one as well too. Um, so I think it, it's promising performance. Obviously, again, like we mentioned kind of against some lesser talent uh wasn't as much at stake in the sense that with the revolution down at the bottom of the MLS Eastern Conference uh then to start picking up some wins but I thought for Arne it was a pretty promising performance and probably a pretty good time because we heard from Bruce Arena that Dylan Barrero is gonna uh, be arriving tomorrow so the midfield's gonna get even more packed uh but I thought honestly Arne had a good performance got to ask him you know he said that he hopes to hopefully get some more MLS minutes because of this performance but uh I thought it was a pretty promising performance from him. Obviously, there's still some work to do, but I thought he overall did pretty well.
1: Yeah, Arnold Tristesen, let's get to his stats real quick. 31 for 37 passing, that's 84%. He had a chance created. He drew that penalty kick uh, that that Carlos heel converted. Uh, He was 8 for 9 on ground duels. He had a tackle, two clearances, three interceptions. He was 2 for 2 on Ariel's one. Um, Really, really solid game from Tristesen. A really, really strong, strong game that I think he needed. Um, I I know he's kind of been buried in the bench. I I think his performances have been fine this year too. So I wonder if this was his chance to maybe shine. Um, Bruce Arena did say in the press conference afterward, he was asked about his lineup choices and he said he wanted to get uh, Georgie Petrovic some minutes because they need to get him up to speed. They said Maciel has missed some time, so he needs to get up to speed. And they played Tristesen really because Sebastian Lejet needed a rest. So um, it, see- it seems like Tristesen is really making the most of his opportunity here. It seems like if Sebastian Lejet was 100% tonight, he might have been starting in this game. Uh, they-, they might not have uh, you know, uh, uh, done- rotated in Tristesen. So um, really, really strong game from him. Uh, he did have one kind of cross, low cross, uh, that was kind of out in front, a little too far in front of Buxa. Uh, early in the first half. I think that play ended up being the, the play that he ended up drawing a penalty kick on. But um, outside of that, I can't think of really many plays tonight where I, I can't think of many issues where I can fault him. So a really, really strong game from Arnord uh kind of earning some minutes tonight. So uh, Sunday afternoon fullbacks, are you there? Let's take two, are you there?
4: Is it working this time?
1: It's working this time.
4: All right. Uh, you kind of started to answer my question um, talking about Tristesen there. Like, I was wondering who you guys thought of the guys who were rotated in tonight between like Tristan, Maciel, Petrovic, um, Tico, even like all those guys who aren't typically in the starting 11. Who do you think had the biggest night tonight?
5: Did the most to get more minutes going forward?
1: Yeah, I think Tristesen is going to be my answer here. Maciel, though, is on my list of people to talk about. I think the eye test wasn't too impressive, but if you look at the stats, they're pretty great. 51 for 55 passing, that's 93%. He had a chance created. uh, 62 touches. He was 7 for 7 on long passes, long balls. Uh, only one for four on ground duels. And also there was one moment, too, where Tristan basically sets him up with a, a beautiful shot and he kind of misplays the ball. Uh, he has to kind of stop. He has a bad touch and he ends up shooting it uh, into someone and having his shot deflected. So I think that's kind of the one memory uh, people will have of Maciel tonight. But I thought he was pretty cool and collected. Um, seemed a little kind of rusty at times. But overall, I, I thought Maciel played pretty good. Uh, I think when he kind of gets more in the rhythm of things, um, he's going to be a little bit sharper on things. But stats-wise, certainly passed the test tonight as well. Uh, Petrovic, uh, I don't think he had much of a chance on that first one. Um, You know, he he was kind of in no-man's land. Maybe he could have charged out a little bit more. But um, ultimately, I think the defense kind of left him for dead there. It kind of looked like the Revs' two highlights from the other day. Uh, But did have a really nice save at the end. I I think it's important for him to get one kind of really big save kind of at the end, kind of going forward with his confidence, get that first save out of the way. Um, outside of that, we didn't really get to see a whole ton of them. Uh, if there was one complaint from tonight, uh, and I understand this is first world problems, but really didn't get to see Petrovic, you know, challenge too much. Um, and not that it would have been the most challenging task anyway with a weekend FC Cincinnati sign. But aside, but um, yeah, I, I thought Petrovic, you know, in his limited minutes did fine. Uh, and then Damian Rivera, too, uh, if we're we're considering him a, a rotated piece, which I, I think I would. Um, I, I thought he looked dangerous at times, but also uh, there were moments he wasn't very sharp at all. Uh, 86% passing. He was 24 for 28. Um, He had that nice play in the beginning of the game where he kind of slides around Powell and uh, has a nice pass to Buxa. It looks like Buxa, I guess he scuffs the shot or he doesn't get all of it and he hits it off the post. Um, So really that should have been an assist by Rivera. Buxa, you know, his one big error tonight was he should have buried that. Um, And and Rivera did have a couple of plays where I remember a play a few minutes later where he got around Powell and Powell had had to make a perfect tackle from behind. Um, to, to win the ball back, which he did. Um, so Rivera had some moments where he looked a little dangerous, but he was two for eight on dribbles, three for 14 on ground duels. Um, he's still learning. Um, but I, I I think the talent is there. He's still just a little bit raw. Um, he, he still just needs a little bit more sharpness. And I, I, I think he's going to be a good piece going forward. But tonight, I think he could have been a little bit better. So uh, those, those were kind of my thoughts of the people that rotated in. Uh, Chris or Sam, do you have anything you want to add to this one?
2: I'll just add, I think uh... – Masiel, I wanted I wanted to double down on the on the Maciel take a little bit. Say, I think that he might be the one. You know, uh, unless we're including McNamara in this, who already is like a rotational starter at this point. But Maciel, I think that is someone that maybe we could see more based on just tonight's performance alone. Tristan, I think was uh, was pre- pretty much the obvious takeaway here. But Maciel was really impressive with ninety three percent accurate passing and uh, sixty two touches. I think is the number that stands out to me the most. He was getting himself involved, um, and being kind of quiet about it, which not necessarily a bad thing from a midfield perspective. You just don't want to see the mistakes being, being made. And that really didn't happen for Maciel tonight. I think it was a really clean game from him overall. Uh, at least from what I saw, because, you know, disclaimer, in case you missed the beginning, I did miss a good chunk of this game. Um, he uh, bits minutes here and there that I've missed, but what I did catch Maciel was definitely my takeaway. Um, as far as the newcomers,
1: and, and you need him, you don't need him to be a starter or a star player to bury chances. You need him to be basically what Scott Caldwell was, where he's going to be a calling present. He's not going yes. to turn the ball over. He was one for four on ground duels. It's one thing that kind of stands out, but I like the seven for seven on long balls. Not that FC Cincinnati was that great defensively. I, I think these passing numbers might be a little played because they weren't very <laughs> – they, yes, they weren't yeah. doing much today. But, um, yeah, Maciel, I, I think it's a good first game back. And as I say, you know, not an overwhelming performance, but if he can kind of fill in the Scott Caldwell role of guy that comes in late in the game for Sebastian Legette to lock it down, be that second D-mid next to Polster, and kind of close out the last 10, 20 minutes of a game in a one-goal game, uh, if he can do that reliably, that's a, a ma- massive asset to the revolution right now. So – uh, yep. Better than than Captoom, who who seems to have been dropped out of the eighteen entirely. I'm not sure if we'll see him again. But uh, Randy LH right. has been waiting uh, this whole time, Randy LH, I think I think you I like said pre like show, but uh, tweeted at me that this was going to be a long podcast full of cursing right before the first goal. So Randy, thank you for reverse jinxing that. I, you're my man of the match. Uh, how are you doing tonight? What's your reaction to the game?
5: Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, I gratefully accept your your nomination, and you are all very welcome for this win. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, are, there's are many dead. many more going forward.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, keep tweeting those uh, those
5: comments, please, Randy. I I, I I happily will if it results. I am happy to be wrong if it results in
1: wins. Quick, uh, tweet um, out. Tweet out the Revs will <laughs> not win MLS Cup this year. Please,
5: please all right. L- <laughs> I'll I'll leave the space after this, and I'll go do that <laughs> right away. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, overall, I thought it was a pretty good match. The thing that kind of stuck out to me was, I mean, scoring goals hasn't really been a problem for us this season, at least not the main problem, I would say, with the team. Um, We've looked pretty good on offense, but it does seem like we've... Like and I was actually talking with uh, one of my buddies down here who watches the game while we were watching, and we were saying that it hasn't been clear why we've scored a lot of goals. The team hasn't looked particularly connected. We've just found ways to score goals. And tonight, we looked very, but you know, at particularly after heel's penalty, it looked very on point. The whole team looked connected. Everyone seemed to be playing really well. So other than Cincinnati playing kind of a second team, at least on, um, you know, in some parts of the field, any thoughts on what we might have done different or what might have changed? And is this something that's going to be sustainable going forward?
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris, you want to take that one? For, or, or, oh, sorry. I thought someone was jumping in. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... I don't know, to be honest with you. I I don't want to give them too much credit because I do think that this is a weakened FC Cincinnati team. I think Cincinnati, 2 wasn't exactly in that game once the third goal was scored. I think Mm -hmm. they kind of accepted their fate. This isn't a regular season game. There wasn't much fight from them. So I'm hesitant to say that this is indicative of what the offense going forward. But what I, I do think this is is... Um, you know, we've seen this team frustrated at times. We've seen Bruce Arena and postgame pre- press conferences frustrated. Um, and as I, I said this at the top. Bruce Arena said in the press conference, we should have six wins in MLS and we have three. Uh, we need to win games. Um, and so I, I don't know if tonight is going to be indicative of the offense going forward, but maybe something clicked tonight where, um, you know, we're, we're going to see a, more of a smoother offense as well. Vuxa um, has been phenomenal lately, uh, six goals in his last five games. Carlos Hill is Carlos Heel. I, I think Carlos Heel had a lot of uh, places to work tonight. Uh, I, I think there were just a lot more spaces opening up, and they were just able to move the ball a lot better. But, um, yeah, I, I don't want to take too much away from this win going forward. Um, I'm not concerned about the offense overall, uh, but uh, if anything, I think this game might be the turning point in terms of momentum, attitude, Kind of does more for the locker room than, than on the field. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to add on that one about the offense?
0: Yeah, I,
2: I guess what I'm thinking right now, my takeaway from what to expect about like how how the offense is clicking and everything. Uh, looking ahead to a week and a half from now, when the Revs are in Cincinnati uh, playing an MLS match against Cincinnati, what sort of performance are they going to be able to put in? Then that we're going to learn a lot more from I think than tonight whereas we could take what happened tonight how is that going to translate to an mls match with uh, a full first 11 for both sides uh and and i think that's going to be the much better litmus test to to think about going forward there there really is too much rotation on both sides to really say what to really try to explain why the revs exploded for five goals um and it really was an explosion it was what a half an hour of time i want to say that they bagged all five goals They did their their mass substitutions and then nothing else happened. It was the most boring game for the last half hour, which was the only half hour I got to watch consistently, which was (laughs) a little bit disappointing for me. But uh, my my answer to that is just uh, I want to wait and see uh, what happens in a week and a half.
1: I, I will say, I think Randy is onto something, though, because if you look at their goals per game, they're at 1.6 goals a game, and it doesn't feel like that. There's there's large swaths of time, uh, especially thinking back to that last game last weekend where they had .2 expected goals through 70 minutes, and then they got two goals. Um, I mean, it might just be that this team is talented enough that Adam Buxa can, you know, if you float up a header and he beats his man, you know, he, he's going to put it in the net. Uh, you know, if you give Carlos Hill space, he's going to put in a perfect cross. Um, I, I think this team does have the talent to you know, if you give them that one opportunity, even if you have 90 minutes of frustration, they're, they're going to be able to make a play. Uh, and they're adding Gustavo Bo back soon. Um, I know Bruce Arena said last week he's about a week away, so maybe we'll see him this weekend in Atlanta. Uh, maybe we'll see him next week in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not sure, but that also adds another layer to the offense that, let's be real, the Revs have been missing all season long that I, I think they badly, badly missed. So, you know, if yep. you replace Damian Rivera with Gustavo Bo, um, you know, I, I think that really, really adds another layer to the offense.
2: And let's not forget the Reds are currently seventh in MLS fourth in the East when it comes to goals scored, not including tonight, obviously, because it's time was open cup. Um, but they have 16 goals for the top of the league. LAFC has 23. They're not that far off, I guess. I mean, maybe 66% is, is still, still, I guess a, a ways from the top, but seventh in the league is not anything to be upset about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just to let you guys know, if you just joined, you can request to speak. Uh, this is a live podcast. If you want to jump on the podcast, if you have a question, if you have a comment, if there's anything that you want to get on your mind, if you wanted to rant, you could rant. I don't know what you would rant about, but please just uh, request to listen, and we'll get you on the show. And if you've already speaking, you want you want to jump in the conversation, keep talking, uh, please just raise your hand. We'll, we'll get you uh, on the show.
2: Um, uh, quick side note, too. Henry Kessler is currently on Football America's Goldcast right now. I don't have it. I don't have the sound on, so I have no idea what he's saying right now. But uh, I, I cannot wait to 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 play this back to see what he's saying with with uh with Seb and I don't know the other host's name. I'm so bad with people's names. Yes. But uh yeah, just quick quick thought quickly thought I'd mention that. Uh, he's out there big smiles, looking like he's having a good night.
1: Yes, Chris, thank you for promoting a different show while we are doing you, this live podcast. Really appreciate it. That's, that's really great uh, marketing, really great job right there.
2: You know, that's why you brought me on.
1: Uh, You are, you are the brains behind this operation. Uh, (laughs) Um, While uh, people quickly switch over to see the rest of Henry Kessler's appearance on whatever show Chris is trying to promote, I just want to take a minute and thank our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits' mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. They have Revolution merch. They have Arsenal merch. For those of you jumping on the Matt Turner bandwagon later this summer, they have United States men's national team merch, women's team merch. They have everything you could possibly want if you have a random European club you support or team from any other continent in the world, they probably have that also. So please go check out GalassoKits.com for their full selection. Make sure you follow them at GalassoKits on Twitter and GalassoKits on Instagram for updates to their new inventory. They post new videos every single week, so you'll be the first one to see it when it goes up on their website. And when you find something you like, please use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at GalassoKits.com for 15% off your order. Links and code are in the show notes uh, that we will post uh, later tonight. Uh, When you get this in your podcast feed. Uh, Oh, Chris, what do you guys say?
2: No, no, I'm good. I was just waiting for you to take another dig at me.
1: No, no, I, I didn't know if you wanted to jump in and promote a different show. Uh, I didn't Maybe there's multiple podcasts going on right now. Maybe you want to send people uh, who remained in the spaces to somewhere else. But uh, Chris, before you uh, promote uh, competing podcasts, I got a question for you. Were you surprised at this lineup? Obviously, I've talked about the Revs needing this win, needing some momentum, getting a big 5 1 victory. Obviously, everything is good in Revs land uh, for the first time in a really, really long time. But I was personally surprised at this lineup. Uh, it's no surprise Bruce Arena is. You know, not the biggest fan of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, he, he's not really someone who puts a lot of emphasis on it. And it seems like they needed a win. Uh, but uh, I was surprised we didn't see more youth—not just in the lineup, but but uh, on the bench as well. Uh, he had some starters on the bench. There was no Noel Buck. Uh, there was no Wilfred Captoom. Uh, it, it seemed like a fairly competitive eleven. Uh, were you surprised at how Bruce Arena approached this game? And uh, I mean, the result was five-one. So I assume you you agree with the decision. Uh, but but were you surprised? And do you agree with the decision? <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I'll start with saying I absolutely was surprised with it as far as the decision. I mean, results speak for itself. I, as a fan of the club too, I'm just more than happy to see them go out and, and dominate a, another side 5-1. That's awesome. That's what you want to see. That's you know why you support a club is for moments like that. But my expectations coming into the match, I didn't think that Bruce was going to – I did not think Carly Seal was going to see the field. Why are you going to play Carly Seal? I don't understand that. Um, you know FC Cincinnati is going to be rotated as well, uh, so I figured he was the number one, number one player. I did not expect to see. I guess aside from Matt Turner, who was confirmed yesterday, um, that it was confirmed that uh, Georgie Petrovic was going to get the start. Um, but yeah, so Carly's heel, I was, I was just super surprised to see him out there. Same thing with Adam Buchs, uh, uh, Josie Altador. I expected to get a start. You know, if he's going to be working up his fitness. Uh, by July, I I want to see him out there. I want to see him start building that up. I don't know why he wasn't there. Not only was he not on the starting 11, he wasn't even on the bench. So I definitely had some questions uh, uh, with that decision there. Um, but ultimately, you can't fault Bruce in the end. He made the right choices to get the win, to get a dominating performance. Uh, and from a fan's perspective, you have to be happy with the result. I mean, 5-1, to one. you don't see that very often. So when you do, you got to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and Carlos Healy a hat trick. Uh, I, I was not expecting yeah. Carlos Healy of all people to get a hat trick. This is only his second multi goal game uh, with the Revolution. His first one was in his third ever game with the Revs back in March 2019 against Toronto FC. That was a 3-2 loss. Uh, first ever hat trick with the Revs. First hat trick the Revs have had since I believe Kaik Mara sometime in 2016 2017 um, Jay Heaps era. Uh, so yeah, a, a pretty surprising result overall. Surprising we saw Carlos Heel with uh, three goals. Um I don't think I need to talk too too much about how incredible he was in his 62 minutes but hat trick he also had an assist he had four shots all on target 66 touches in those 62 minutes he was 53 for 56 passing which is 95% he was 0 for 3 on crossing but 8 for 8 on long balls he did have uh, one tackle and he was 1 for 1 on ground duels uh phenomenal game from Carlos Heel what else is new um you know, I, I was surprised to see him out there as well. I thought that Bruce was going to take this opportunity to rest certainly his designated players, maybe put in the Tommy McNamara's, the Matt Polsters, uh, the Henry Kesslers, uh, kind of rotated and kind of your starters with uh, the, the backups and, and use this opportunity to play to, to rest Adam Books and Carlos Heel. But, um, you know, he got them out there. They put this game away early and they got 30 minutes of rest. And Bruce Arena said in the post-game press conference that, you know, this team will be pretty fresh going uh, into Atlanta. So I think he's very happy with his decision uh, and doesn't think that it will impact the game on Sunday. He also mentioned in the press conference, too, that it's an easier decision to make with the game on Sunday afternoon as opposed to Saturday night. They get that extra day of rest uh, going into the weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah, obviously it worked out surprising, uh, but uh, it worked out as well. So uh, just again, I noticed some people are joining on. If you want to talk about the revs, uh, please just hit request to listen. We'll get you on the show. You can talk about whatever you want. You can ask us anything. Uh, hopefully this is a roundtable discussion we got going on here. Um, I'm Trying to think who else. Oh, we got to talk about Tommy McNamara. He had a nice assist. 33 for 34 passing at 97%, 44 touches, two for three on tackles, one clearance, one interception, five recoveries, five for eight on ground duels. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game. Also, this is another guy that it's kind of flickering in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, I think his spot in the lineup is safe. It kind of depends on what they're doing with the, the formation. But he seems to have solidified his spot as a borderline starter, spot starter slash uh, rotation piece. Again, 97% passing. Can't can't complain too much about that, as I say. FC Cincinnati's defense, not the best. Uh, I think, you know, I could have got out and had 75% passing at least. Uh, but uh, I thought Tommy McIntyre had a, had a pretty solid game. Also had the assist on that uh, second uh, Carlos heel goal. So a uh, great game shout out, Tommy McNamara, former uh, guest on the podcast. So uh, we got someone coming in right now. Rod is joining the podcast. Rod, how you doing? Can you hear me? There is a lag sometimes. So sometimes these guys are connecting as it's going on. Rod, can you hear me right now? You're on mute. All
6: right. We're good now.
1: Yeah, we're good. All
6: right. Uh, well, good afternoon and good evening to everyone. Um, uh, I'm still driving back home from the game. So I was there tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was great, honestly, to see the revs win. Yeah, I think we're all probably impressed that they put five behind Cincinnati. Um, just like an open-ended question for everybody here, um, in terms of looking back at how we are in the season and how we look tonight, you know, based on how we play and everything, does anyone see the revs going forward in terms of based on this win, not just in confidence, but in play as well? I mean, I think we've noticed that the Revs play a similar style every single game, and it hasn't really worked recently. So based on today, the rotation of the players, the new additions, like Rivera, who I think is doing his part, how do we see moving forward the season turning around?
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a big momentum boost going forward because this team has been really frustrated all season long. Um, I think this team, you know, Bruce Maria said at his press conference they need wins. Uh, I, I think that was the purpose of today to go out and smash FC Cincinnati and kind of just uh, from a locker room perspective, turn it around. Um, as I say, this wasn't the most difficult defense, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a great, great lift for the team. And on top of this, we're going to have Gustavo Bo joining soon. Dylan Barrero is joining tomorrow. Bruce Arena said that in his press conference afterwards today. Uh, so um, I, my, my expectations are a little bit tampered for Barrero specifically. I think he's going to need some time to adjust to the league. He's 20 years old. People are comparing him to Tejon Buchanan. Tejon Buchanan's rookie season, he had 400 minutes and two assists. He wasn't that big of an impact player. It took him a full season to come into his own. So, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sold that Barrero is going to come in and turn this season around, but he might add a, a spark off the bench. Uh, you know, he, he might be a right winger. Uh, who can kind of match what uh, Ima Botang does on the left side. Um, So, you know, you're adding Gustavo Bo to an offense that is at 1.6 goals a game right now uh, through MLS play. Uh, You're adding on Barrero, uh, who hopefully he gets caught up to speed and uh, he's making an impact in the summer. Um, I think this could be the turning point of the season where just kind of momentum-wise, attitude-wise, it's kind of a refresh uh, on the season uh, and the Revs kind of get back to the team that they were last year. So, uh, Chris, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so you're talking about momentum and I think a lot of the the downturn in momentum happened during CCL play with the RSL match when the Revs kind of blew a 2 0 lead. Um, I, I think that was was the correct uh, circumstance. Uh, regardless, they obviously lost that match, uh, and since then it's been kind of struggling um, going forward. And now it's you know the script maybe flipped a little bit. Now it's Open Cup instead of CCL, and the Revs are putting up five. On the scoreboard, maybe changing the momentum in their favor. I think they have a real opportunity here when they're going down uh, on Sunday in Atlanta to take on a very uh, injured side, I guess you want to say, uh, for, for Atlanta United. They're, they're hurting. Uh, and this is really a time for New England to try to go in and possibly capitalize and really build on their momentum.
1: And, and Traeger Dorati, who is uh, a longtime listener, also just Tweeted us on Twitter. He's, he mentioned that Atlanta is going to extra time right now, uh, which which might impact them on Sunday. I don't know how many starters are playing at this moment in time, but uh, you know, from a rest perspective, I think the Revs, you know, they got their star players out after 60 minutes, and Atlanta is going to extra time, so I think that might bode mm-hmm. well for uh, the uh, the Sunday game. But uh, Adam Books the number one fan, uh, wants to join in. He's been waiting patiently. I'm sure he's having a great night as well. Uh, how are you, Adam Books, the number one fan?
7: Uh, I'm doing doing pretty good. Um talking about the whole confidence thing, I think uh this game was definitely a big confidence booster for a lot of the guys, especially Carlos Heel because this is the first or his first two uh goals in open play in over 203 days. So, I think going forward, he will finally start to gain more confidence without uh, not from the penalty spot and actually we'll, we'll see a lot more Carlos Heel Carlos Heel goals come in uh, in open play. So I just thought that that style was pretty crazy. How he hasn't he hasn't scored in 203 days of open play. It's like it's like appalling to me because he was literally league MVP. Uh, yeah. So, but no. I mean the boys just played insanely well today. Besides the fact how Omar was subbed on, I don't really understand that. But um, <laughs> I think I think the whole game was pretty good. We slowed down a little bit once all once a lot of uh, once like five subs came in. But overall, (laughs) it was a very good game to see. And a lot of a lot of guys got their time in Um, Spalding had a pretty good game. Um, Troussson, I was amazed by Troussson today. He played absolutely insane. He drew that penalty. Um, He made great, great running plays, great crosses, great passes. And I, that was definitely a confidence booster for him going forward, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone on this team had a bad game. I mean, I'm trying to think about it. Obviously, the goal early was bad. The back line was, was you know, I think By thought the, the guy about got behind By. I think By thought he was clearly offside, and, you know, the offside trap just kind of failed him there. Uh, but that was kind of a blip on the radar. And I, I, I think overall, if you look at every single player's performance, um, they, they played pretty well um I mean and, and as you mentioned Tristan. I mean if we're, we don't talk about you know the offenses what are they taking from this game and and does this help the offense going forward you know we talk about carly' heel scoring which by the way those goals the penalty kick is a penalty kick he's got to convert that but uh the second and the third goals were I mean beautiful I mean you think he he puts in goals all the time uh, they were pretty perfect shots so uh you know Carlos heel finding that scores touch you know, I think that's a great point as well. And you know, I think if going forward, if if the offense is going to click a little bit better, I think incorporating guys like Tristan and Tommy Mcnamara, who got the assist on that second uh, uh, Carlos heel goal, uh, Brandon By had two assists today. I don't think we've talked about Brandon By. He had four chances created. Um, I mean, he had the, a secondary assist and two primary assists. Uh, so I, I think guys that haven't been nails in terms of adding to the the offense. You know, having them come out and have a great performance here, you know, maybe this is going to lift them up and put in a better 20, 30 minute shift later on down the road. So, uh, Chris, anything before we move on?
2: Yeah, Joe, I just wanted to, to speak again on the on the Carly's heel uh, comment because I agree that hopefully this is some sort of boost for him because when Carlos Hill first joined the Revs, I think we saw him taking a lot more shots, sort of like the, the Carlos Vea type um, going to the right then cut back to the inside and take a shot on his left. Uh, and he was doing that a lot in his first season with the Revs. And he was scoring, not I mean, not every time, of course, because that's uh, unrealistic, but a, a fair amount of those he was bagging them in the net. Uh, and I think that's something that we've seen change a lot in his game since he's been here is that he doesn't necessarily take those shots as much where he's looking to create or uh, find the open attacker elsewhere uh, to take the pressure off himself. He was really given a lot of space, and he was really given the opportunity to, to make the most of it, and he did. Uh, and hopefully this is some sort of confidence boost, because I like seeing the Carly's heel that takes a shot from outside the box. I like seeing Carly's heel trying to set up his shot on his left foot. Um, and we saw a lot of that tonight, and it looked like the Carly's heel that um, we're used to seeing score goals. Uh, not just the Carlos heel that's used, that we're used to seeing, uh, you know, uh, get all the assists. <laughs>
1: And I, I don't know if uh, he's going to do it again anytime soon. But Adam Buchsa uh, shooting that one from Attleboro, oof, and that one going uh, the twenty yards, pulled yeah, pulled that one out of his back pocket. Uh, I mean, in a, not in to a mention one-one... spending
7: three guys as well. He's yeah, spent three guys in that.
1: I, we haven't even talked about that play yet. That was that was insane, uh, and that, that was really kind of the, the explanation point on this game. But you know, in a one-one game, you know, maybe Adam Buchsa doesn't take that. Maybe he's looking for Carlos Hill. Maybe he wants a a better chance. But you know, we, when you're up by four-one and you're feeling it, go for it. Uh, so so maybe we get to see that later on this season in the game. But, um, yeah, getting back to your point here, Chris, uh, Carlos Hill was, you know, people forget he scored 10 goals in his first season with the Revs in 2019. Uh, so he is a goal scorer. Uh, he just kind of looks to create first because he has Gustavo Bo now. Uh, he has uh, Adam and now. Uh, he had Dejan Buchanan last year. Uh, he has more weapons around him, so, so he's able to kind of move the ball around uh, uh, for goals. But, yeah, I mean, if uh, – if we see more Carly's heel goals, uh, I'm not complaining. So uh, Corey Cloutier, uh,
3: president of the Rebellion,
1: uh, has joined us. Uh, I think he wants to get in on the action. Everyone's having fun
3: tonight, Corey. Uh, how you doing in Go dogs! Hey, how you doing? Yeah, Go dogs! Let's do it. Absolutely. Uh, no, I'm having a good night. And, yeah, I got to see the game in person. It was it was awesome. Um, there was a few comments just wanted to kind of talk about. Uh, someone said, I think it was Adam Busca's number one fan. I think he mentioned he wasn't sure why uh, Omar was subbed in. I think Kessler on a yellow kind of kind of speaks to that. I think getting Kessler off the field was a good play in the 60th. I am not a fan of Omar, just like many of us aren't, um, but I think that was the right move by by Bruce in that one. I think making those subs in the 60th was the right move and getting the team some confidence, so I'm really happy about that. And even seeing the young guys, Tico is really coming along, really excited to, to see how he does moving forward here. Um, and yeah, just wanted to make that comment really quick there, but if we are if we are going to be nitpicky, um, you know, there's a lot of positive to take out of this game. If we want to take out maybe one negative in this game, I think it would it maybe have to be that that breakdown in the defensive end um, in the first few minutes of the game. There, first 10, 15 minutes, they didn't look like they were really ready and, and awake. Um, kind of let uh, you know the new the new keeper kind of you know two v one situation there, just him versus two attackers. They got behind. Behind Farrell and Kessler in that scenario, that wasn't a that wasn't a good start. So just something to maybe we got to be mindful of and be awake. Something that's happening at the end of all of our games, which is really a, the big concern. But tonight, instead of the end of the game, it happened at the beginning. So uh, we just got to you know keep the full ninety. That's our our main issue because honestly, there's a lot of comments mentioning here about our offense. You know, seem to be putting goals behind uh, goals in the net, uh, and I agree with that. I think we're clicking well on offense. I don't, I don't have any concerns with our offensive production. Even when you know, Rednicks has been in and, and Bo has been out for the most of the, uh, most of the season, if not, I'm pretty sure, all the season. Um, so our offense is doing great. I think defensively we are really, really having some struggles here. So summer window is really going to be telling if we can make a good run in the playoffs or not. So, I, I, I
1: was actually just going to ask, and we can open this back up to everyone else uh, because we've we been talking about the offensive side of the ball. But, um, yeah, I think defensively, that's a big red flag. And, and thinking back to Saturday, I know they came away with a tie, uh, but Darlington Nagby had that one-on-one with Matt Turner. Matt Turner played that beautifully, uh, kind of extinguished the, the fire there. Um, I, I'm not sure if I mean uh, Georgie Petrovic is is getting a lot of uh, counterattack and one-on-one situations between the Revs' two game and tonight, uh, but uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Corey, it sounds like you're concerned about the defense. I'm concerned about the defense. Is that a fair assessment?
3: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I've been concerned throughout the most of the year with defense and people know my opinion about some of our some of our defensive players i love By and jones in the outside i think we have a center back issue and uh, i think the summer window really is going to be telling if we can uh, fix it cuz we have a decent amount of center backs and decent amount of money in our center backs but unfortunately some of the the poor center backs
7: in the league to be honest with you so
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it'll be uh, interesting adam adam books number one fan wants to get in on this uh, what are your thoughts adam books number one fan
7: well going back to what you said about the whole omar uh, substitution. I understand the whole Kessler yellow card, but at the same time, I would have liked the scene. Like this this game was pretty much like kind of experimental in the second half. So I would have loved the scene like what we did last week when we did the 3-backs with or like the the wing backs, oh, the 3-5-2. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would've I would have loved, loved that. Yep. Instead of Omar we, we we just put in uh we just kept uh Polster there instead of Omar because I feel like like as soon as soon as Omar came on, I looked at my dad. I'm like, dude, like this is like just fix it. Like, <laughs> yep, I have the same reaction, I, like, man. Omar is yeah, like, okay. I just, but- I don't know. I think I would have loved to seen Poster go back to that three or like whatever whatever he was playing last game. But I do understand the whole kessel yellow card thing. I just think that Omar's been given way too many chances to prove himself. Give or take, he actually he did do a decent. But Petrovic saved him from getting manhandled on Twitter. That's all I gotta say.
3: <laughs> it, Petrovic I, I felt the Omar Omar uh, heat for sure. Like Omar messed up, and Petrov's had to, you know, save his ass. So yeah, I yeah, fully totally agree with you, dude. Absolutely, Omar is rough. Watch.
5: One thing I kind of noticed—I don't know if anybody else noticed—but after Omar came on, it felt to me like Polster was playing real deep, almost like a fifth center back, and I wondered if that was just Polster choosing to play deep because Omar was on the field or if that's actually Bruce recognizing that Omar only really works in a five-back system and Polster playing back. Or maybe I was just seeing stuff, but it kind of felt to me like the they, they were playing a bit deeper when Omar came on, which kind
2: of worked. It's also kind I also of, don't know if that speaks to what the scoreline was at the time. either. I,
1: I was just going to say, I don't know if you're going to play uh, situational when you're up four goals. Uh, but, um, yeah, maybe, maybe that had to do with their, I don't want to say they were done with scoring, but yeah, maybe they didn't want, you know, a quick goal here or there to make it somewhat competitive at the game. Uh, but Alex Dolan is here. He, he's been waiting patiently to get in, uh, Alex, what are your thoughts here? And then, and then we also have a, uh, Bobby is also looking to speak. We'll get to Bobby after Alex, but Alex, go ahead. Well, played. um, so Polster did drop deep. I think they were playing three at the back and they were just swinging numbers forward on the wings, but. The best performance of the night goes to the fort for singing Bohemian Rhapsody in the second half. Absolutely well done. I got to go edit photos or Sam's going to have my head. I just needed to say that. That's great. Did you get video? No, no. God, no. I I don't think the revs are uh, very willing to uh, let anyone do video down there other than Curtis. And I think Luke is down there is Mm. the new producer for them, Mm. both. Amazing at their jobs, by the way. Okay, Everyone well, should appreciate them. All right. Hopefully, someone's got Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll DM Willie or something to make sure we got that because it's. How oh, I we did. need it. It was. I it just... was hilarious. I missed it. Uh, uh. Let's go, Bobby, real quick. Adam Books, number one fan. We'll get to you in a second. But Bobby has been waiting patiently. Uh, Bobby, what are your thoughts on tonight's game?
0: So, so I had no problem with Gonzalez getting a little bit of run, just if nothing else, for a little bit of a palate cleanser for him after the last game. But for the few people on here that actually follow me you know i i'm i really want to see pierre Cayet get a chance you know i i've actually watched a number of the revolution two games and while he's not a finished product at least his distribution is interesting and he can score a, a goal here and there and you know in uh with a defensive line that relies on a lot of overlap from the wings he seems like a guy who can distribute you know, far and wide. And in a game like this, where it seems that we are doing a little bit of experimenting, I wouldn't have minded to see him, especially where we're kind of questioning the depth we already have at that position.
1: Absolutely. And and I, I talked to Tanner Bell a little bit about this uh, in the last show. And I said, you know, is there anyone in Revs 2 that's ready to make the jump? And in his opinion, he doesn't think that anyone is. But this is a perfect opportunity to give a young kid a chance. Uh, and, and we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, this was a very competitive 11, but also there were, no young kids on the bench. So even when you're up five, one, it would have been great to have Noel Buck, to come in and play 30 minutes, uh, that would have been great. Uh, it would have been great to have a Pierre Cayet or a Ben Ravino, who I believe also was eligible to be selected for this game. I'm not totally sure what the U.S. Open Cup rules are. I'd have to refresh myself on those. Uh, but if you, you could bring up someone for one game and get them 30 minutes, I, I think that would have been beneficial. But Bruce was all business tonight. It's kind of anti-Bruce, really. You're, normally he doesn't take this very seriously. Uh, but, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Adam Books a number one fan. Uh, but great comment Bobby. I agree with a hundred percent there but Adam Books the number one fan uh, you've been waiting patiently too. Uh, let's get you in on this and then uh, after this we got a couple more people we'll get you in here quickly but Adam Books number one fan, what's up?
7: I think that there's two failures of this match tonight one playing at Gillette Stadium two, like what Bobby said the fact that there was absolutely like no rotation in this squad. I would have loved to seen a bunch of Revs two guys come in like that would have like Esmer Begovic, like that would have been Amazing to see Noah Buck. That would have been amazing to see. Even um, goalie Jacobs, I think that's that's his name, Jacobs. Maybe I forget oh, yeah. Jacob Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, yeah J- that would have been Johnson. great to see. Even though Petrovic, yeah, but I feel like that still giving time to menu revs. Two guys would have been like just great to see because they also need that playing time, especially against like we pretty much played. You can't lie. We pretty much played our A team against Cincinnati's B team, so. I personally think that playing RC team would have been great, but that's all I got to say.
1: I wonder how much this lineup would have been different if the Revs were in good form, if they were in first place. It seems like, as I say, Bruce put a little bit of an emphasis that they need a win, uh, and and you know, obviously, with the disappointing results, I think if they lose this game to nothing. I mean, it's it's just another blow to this team. So I, I can't really fault them for going out and not messing around tonight. But, yeah, I, I think this is a lost opportunity to see what do we have in the kids. Uh, and normally you'd want to use that on the, a, a first-round game. Maybe if it was a lower division team. Uh, but, you know, FC Cincinnati has been respectable. If they came out with a first-team lineup and we put out our kids and they blew us out 3-0, you know, I, I think that wouldn't be uh, – I, I think it would feel like more of the same and it'd pile on. So uh, Gabe is here. Gabe has been waiting patiently. Gabe, how are you doing tonight? What are your thoughts on tonight's game?
8: I'm doing all right, thanks. Um, I don't know. Tonight, you know, I expected a blowout win, if I'm being honest. Because, you know, Cincinnati, although I think they're fifth place in the league right now, we know that our roster players are, can definitely destroy their uh, C team or B team. So when we put out our strongest back line, except for Turner, I expected us to have a blowout win. But uh, back to what people are saying recently, like, I just thought that this was a really – missed opportunity to have those young players on our bench to bring in today. Cause I'm fine with playing our strong lineup and getting three goals, four goals. But then when it's the 55th minute and we're up by three or four, or whatever it was, having the ability to put on these guys, especially trying out our young center backs for revs too. Because we this is a prime opportunity to test those defenders and see if what level they're at or if they can even manage a U.S. Open game, even when we're ahead by four goals. Because we know that our our reserves or our backup options for defense right now until June are not great. And I don't know. I just wish that we could have tested our youth a lot more tonight. Especially, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, they had a – revs 2 had a horrible performance against Columbus, which is true. Like, Noel Buck had a really poor performance, I think. But just bringing them in, especially when he's been training with the first team and he doesn't even get a look – in this match when we're ahead or he's not even on the roster. So it'll a little, little surprising to me that Bruce didn't even bring him on for the bench. But other than that, I thought it was a good performance and I'm glad that we got the win and I hope it brings some confidence for Atlanta.
1: I think Buck has been on the bench a few times this season too. It seems like Bruce might use him in a blowout win, a kind of a no pressure situation. And it kind of sucks that, you know, we got a no pressure situation tonight and he's unavailable, but uh yeah, one thing I will – I do want to kind of reiterate something that Bobby said, and I think a couple other people said too, though, is I do think it was a little bit important to get Omar Gonzalez in this game. It was a no-pressure situation. Give him 30 minutes. I believe he called it a palate cleanser. I think that's perfect. So, uh, I know Adam Duke's number one fan, didn't want to see Omar in this game. But, honestly, a four-goal game, 30 minutes left. Uh, you know, kind of protect him with drop dropping back a little bit. Uh, I, I think this uh, – was a good game for him to kind of again hit the refresh button he's had a rough go this season uh he he really does not look great and uh yeah i think getting him a a performance where you know petrovic bailed bailed him out uh i'm not going to say this was a great performance either i'm not going to really come out compliment him but uh no goals conceded while he was on the pitch so baby steps so uh golden hand is here uh golden hand wants to join the conversation golden hand how's it going tonight what are your thoughts tonight
9: uh thanks for letting me speak um great performance by the group other than the slow start uh I was glad to see Tristesen get minutes and, and be really confident on the ball. Um, yeah, Heal took his chances. Books has been so clinical lately. He's definitely playing like a top MLS striker, uh, which is great. Uh, his, his sell-on fee keeps going up and up and up and up. Um, I don't know. Most people, and you guys already probably touched on most of this stuff, but I just popped in kind of late because you know, I'm getting old and Celtics let me down and I got to, I got to, I got to vent a little bit more, but there's no venting on the rev side. They did what they needed to do. Um, you know, Bruce with the young guys, he doesn't always um, give them the opportunity that they need. And I wish they would have been in the 18, but at the same time, what if they were in the 18 and we were chasing goals? Would he have the confidence to bring them in? Um, I thought he played it well tonight. I thought he got it spot on matter of fact. And I'm, um, they're reaping the benefits. They, you know, they'll be playing in two weeks again in the round of 16. So the draw will be coming out tomorrow. Hopefully they can uh, get a favorable draw. If not, it's whatever. There's no, not favorable draws when the revs are healthy. They have as talented as a group as anybody in that league. And, um, for me, it's their best opportunity to win silver where this year. So, uh, thanks for letting me holler at y'all real quick. Go on now.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree with everything you said. And I think that's a great point that, Oh, sorry, my on? Yeah, I am. Uh, I think that's a great point that, um, you know, if it was a one nothing game and you don't have Matt Polster and you really need him, you know, that, that's a real issue. So uh, agree a hundred percent. Randy, uh, did you have something to add on that? Uh,
5: not on that specifically. It's just, it's blowing my mind that we've talked about subs multiple times now and I haven't heard anyone bring up the fact that for the first time that I can remember, Bruce used all five subs and he did them all at once. How have we not talked about that
2: yet? And at the 60th <laughs> minute
5: it's just it was that that if that's not like the ultimate power play it's like hey you guys say i never use all five subs fine here they are get you get them all
1: <laughs> I, I do that in football manager when i'm like winning for nothing and i want to just kind of leave my computer simming and i need to go to the bathroom i'll just make all my subs at once i'm like this game's over and i leave uh that's kind of what it reminded me of where bruce was like i'm just going to Get this all over so I can kind of space out for the rest of the game. Uh, but, yeah, fir- first time ever Bruce has uh, made it all sub. Also in the 60th minute. When have you ever seen Bruce make a sub in the 60th minute? It wasn't the 75th minute mm-hmm. or something like that.
2: But then again, when have the revs been up? 5-1 in the 60th minute. So
1: Yeah, it's it's been a while. Although I did see a clip of the Seattle game from 2014 where it was 5-0. Uh, where uh, Bruce
2: was, was not there, right?
1: Bruce was, no, no, no. Bruce wasn't there, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Just reminded me of that where everything was going our way. Uh, Bobby wants to jump yeah. back in. Bobby, what's on your mind?
0: So so one thing I noticed today, and maybe it's just because they were playing against a weak inside, is in the past few games when they've been struggling to score, there hasn't really been that connective tissue between the back line and the forwards to the point where Carlos Heel has had to kind of really almost take the ball off the foot of the center backs. But it seemed today that Maciel was almost playing in that role from the defensive midfielder uh, p- uh, position. And, you know, I'm wondering if that's something that he's equipped to do against full strength competition or if that's just something that we're seeing, you know, against frankly, a weakened side in Cincinnati. But it was actually nice to see that we didn't need our playmaker to dip all the way back into our side to, quite frankly, just carry the ball uh, to the offensive side. Uh, It it just it, it, it seemed that things were flowing up the spine in a way that we haven't seen in a while.
1: Yeah, I, I read off Massiel's stat line earlier uh, in the show: fifty-one for fifty-five passing. That's ninety-three percent. Seven for seven on long balls. He had sixty-two touches. Uh, I do think those numbers are inflated a little bit. Um, but I, 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 as I say, if he can come in and be kind of the backup, you know, closeout guy who, who holds the ball and doesn't turn the ball over, that'd be great. But yeah, I, I think I'm not. I'm not coming out of this that Massiel is, you know, gonna gonna have a ninety-five percent pass uh, accuracy. Uh, you cut out a little bit, Chris. Did I did I miss any? He cut out a little bit on my end. Was there any second part of that question? Did I get that?
0: No, I think you got it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Bobby, did I answer your question? Yes, thank you. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. You cut out for like 10 seconds there, so I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. But, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of good points overall. Uh, we did get a comment on Twitter saying, "Give it." Uh, uh, the space is insane. Uh, multiple people asking for a ton of young guys starting coming in. People would have lost their mind if Bruce went young. That is true. I mean, they won 5-1. I guess we can't really complain. Uh, it just would have been nice to see young guys. This is really the only time we get to see young guys. It kind of sucks. We didn't get a weekend, you know, a lower level team. I would have liked to have seen Western New York FC or whatever they're called these days. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I think Bruce wanted to kind of set the tone and get a win. So it is what it is. So, uh, we're coming up to an hour pretty quick. Uh, anyone else want to hop in on anything? I think we kind of touched everything. I, I, we, everyone did great except for that one play early. Uh, surprised at the lineup uh i i do have a rant that uh you know this game should not have been held at gillette i think it's stupid i think they should have a uh small venue game at least one every year uh but uh, i think it was kind of lazy to do that uh but i'll save that rant i thought i was gonna have more time for it adam buksa number one fan wants to hop back in anything on your mind before we wrap up shop here today
7: um well i have, like a question kind of at this point do you think it's more worth uh pushing more like pulling like a seattle sounders like Going for the CCL and kind of like crapping on M- like crapping during MLS games, but going crazy during CCL games. But for the Open Cup and just trying to win the Open Cup because I'm at this point, like, yeah, it's early in the season. But at the same time, it's low key kind of like scary to think about how we we could easily make MLS playoffs. I feel like, but just I don't think this year's our year. For MLS. Well, let
1: me ask, let me ask you this. What would you rather have? Would you rather have the Rebs make the playoffs and lose in the next round, or make the playoffs as like a seven seed and have a tougher road to the playoffs, but lose in the final?
7: Honestly, see, I mean that's that's pretty much like comparing like um uh two seasons ago to to this uh, last season when we lost against NYCFC. So the,
1: Yeah, I, well, I guess that's kind of where how you value the US Open Cup. I think about the last time they were at the final when they lost to Dallas. I don't think they Yeah, that, the was, that was that was I yeah. mean, was that satisfying? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it's 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 a good question. I, I mean, curious, I would personally
7: okay, I would on. rather win Open Cup than lose in the playoffs. Because okay. I feel like any trophy this season would be a would be a very big step.
8: Okay. I think that the Open Cup's a bit pretty important, too, because it gives us a CCL spot. And yeah. the odds of us getting a CCL spot this season are what? Like, pretty much gone, if I'm being honest. So. That's a
1: very good point. That's a very good point. It's interesting. We, we interviewed Jeff Larenowitz last year, and we asked him how seriously do teams play uh, take U.S. Open Cup? Because he played on a bunch of different teams. And he said it varies from team to team, but there's a lot of teams that the further you go, then you take it seriously. So um, I certainly think if you get to the semifinals, I think next round is the quarterfinals. Yeah, round of 16. Wait, no. We did it yeah, it's round of 16 next round. So I think if they advance from that, I think you take U.S. Open Cup seriously. Um, depends. I guess it depends on who the draw is. It depends on the next game. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, right now, you're a little bit far away. So I, I, I don't know. But I, I certainly don't blame if they want to go for U.S. Open Cup. Because it's a very good point by Gabe. If you want to make CCL, this is probably your best shot. Gabe, go, go ahead and hop back in.
8: Yeah, I just had a quick question. So, the tomorrow's the draw, I know, at 8 30, but how do they go about drawing the teams? Is it still based on region, or could we like draw Union Omaha or someone like that?
1: That's a very good question. I believe the next round is by region, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. If someone knows that, please hop in. I'm not uh,
8: sure. So you get NYCFC then, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, if you get NYCFC uh-huh. on the road and then you have another important game after that. I mean, maybe you play it a little bit differently, but if you draw, you know, as I say, Western New York or Detroit City or something like that, you know, but that but then you could just rest players again. I, I don't know. It's it's yep. it's an interesting scenario and I think right now you're very far away from the final. So, but but when you get to, you know, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, yeah, you got to take it seriously. You got to win that thing. So, um Gustavo Lopes, Lopes is here. Gustavo, um uh, maybe you can answer that that question about the draw. Um but if not, what else is on your mind? Uh
6: about the draw they haven't revealed yet, if it keeps regional, I would say we would face Red Bulls because they were in the same group as us last year. Facing, like, Detroit it did not make much sense, uh, to be honest with you. I think New York Red Bulls would be the next regional, but because of round of 16, I think they would not mm-hmm. make it regional. Uh, okay. Adam Book's are number one fan. Uh, there's no relegation on MLS, so who cares if you lose games on MLS? Go for the title shot that is closer. So, if you have to like, not play their starting lineup in some games on MLS, I'm fine with that. You only have to, play, as Ibrahimovic used to say, you only got to win the last five games of the season, and you're good. Who gives a, a single crap if you lost a bunch of games on MLS? Not, nothing's going to happen, anyways. Um, I like that Bruce went with the strongest lineup today. I think it was a great game to give the guys confidence. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, was against. Cincinnati's C-team. I knew they were playing their C-team since, like, Monday night. I got this information. Uh, so it's just a game to give confidence. Uh, Petrovic made a decent game on Sunday I was here. Uh, I like his game today. He didn't have to do much. Uh, but I like that he didn't use much of the, 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 the second-team players just so he can give confidence for the first team and kind of washes up the soul and washes up the all the bad vibes that is going on around the team.
1: Yeah, um, good, good. I want to go to Bobby real quick because we're we're coming up on an hour. So, Bobby, uh, I don't know if you have a response to that or if you have a response to the U.S. Open Cup, but uh, hop on in, Bobby. What's up? And also, by the way, before you speak, uh, Bobby uh, Traeger, uh, if you ha- I noticed you request to speak, I lost you here. If you want to jump in before we end, uh, please request to speaking again. But uh, Bobby, go ahead and shoot.
0: Yeah, two things, uh, Gustavo. I, I saw you on Twitter today. You asked uh, Bob Kraft about the stadium, so thank you for having the guts to do that. That that's really appreciated. Uh, that that's really awesome. Appreciate and um, what's that?
1: I said three cheers for Gustavo.
0: Yeah, that was great. And and secondly, uh, this to go off uh, Revolution recaps uh, comment about where this game should have been played. I'm watching Seattle San Jose right now. You know Seattle, who just won the CCL, and this is decidedly not at their football stadium. This is on you know a this is in a facility that is meant for a smaller game and this is where the game should have been played today you know i i went to the game today it was it's always enjoyable to see the revs win but you know they had the backup team in more ways than one i mean the the food wasn't particularly good the whole experience was kind of second class and you know again i will i went to a revolution two game when there was 15 people there i'll show up and watch the team but i mean for this kind of game this should be at a different place. Uh, it should be at Harvard or wherever, uh, just to, to, for the ambiance, at least. So, anyway, um, thank you for bringing that up. Thank. I wish I could hear your rant, but that that that, that the, the, frankly, the the revs deserved better than what they had at Gillette today.
1: Uh, I agree a hundred percent, and and part of my rant here too. And, and Gustavo's got something to say, and then we'll get to Trigger. I know you're waiting patiently. We'll get to your comment here, but you know, one, one thing that I think, and and this is coming from someone that grew up in Maine. And I didn't watch the Revs in their glory days. Um, they, I got into the Revs really when I moved to Southern New England uh, and I went to school in Rhode Island. You know, I think if you put a US Open Cup game, even if it's it's not at Brown or Harvard, I mean, if you put it at Manchester, if you put it at Portland, people are going to notice and they're going to come and they're going to watch a revolution game and you might win fans that way. Put it at Western Mass. Um, not to say that these are the best locations to do it. It's really just to say that Gillette is the worst place to put it. Um, this is a game that people who go to Gillette Stadium, you know, they're, they're not going to go. Uh, there was a lot of traffic today. It's a, you know, I know we're, ta- we're talking about prioritizing it because of the situation the refs are in, but a lot of teams treat this as a secondary tournament where in the early rounds, you play your backups. And, you know, to go down there on, at 7 p.m. for a kickoff on a Wednesday, a, a lot of fans who normally go to games will just say, well, I'll just go next weekend. Um, but if you could put this game out at in, in, in Western Mass at their stadium uh, or go play at a college and, you know, I, I mean, there's there's demand for soccer teams in Vermont, New Hampshire and Maine. And the revolution aren't tapping into those fan bases. So uh, it, it, there's any other location would have been great for, for this game. But anyway, that's my rant. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Gustavo, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts?
6: Uh, first of all, I want to talk about the event today. Uh, it was really nice. I loved it. But Jonathan Kraft, it went up to the stage twice and he spoke on, let's say, 10 to 15 minutes and he didn't mention the revolution once was all about the Patriots' house and how the Patriots don't want to get a new stadium never, and how they love to be there and all that. And then I tried to make a question uh, about a, not a, about a soccer-specific stadium because I know it wasn't the right. I, I, I'm writing a piece about the World Cup and I, I wanted to ask about the World Cup because right now it's it's true. We're losing the World Cup. We're not going to have a World Cup in Boston as of this moment. So I wanted to ask about that, but they didn't want him answering Literally, two guys came up to me trying to take me away from from Mr. Kraft to uh, like not making him a question. So I think that was that was weird. And I thought the game was a Gillette day because there's the event, there's the twenty years of the Gillette, so people would be there already. But Mr. Kraft, great Mr. Kraft, loved him. It was not even a Gillette to watch his team play. So uh, I don't want to say that, but I kind of want to say that maybe. Uh, we kind of need some new owners. I don't know. I think we should try to find people who actually care about the team to make people engage and tr- try to bring people because I love the U.S. Open Cup.
1: Well, I, I will say, um, you know, it is disappointing that he went to the Celtics. And, you know, if I'm playing devil's advocate here and I don't want to, to you know, comp- I'm not on craft's payroll, but if I was – You know, I would say that, you know, I know he got heat last year for going to the Patriots game over the the season finale against Miami. Like, you know, the Patriots is how he makes his money. You know, I, I kind of understand why he went to that game. It's disappointing as a revolution fan that he's not there to see the team celebrate the supporter shield, but I get it. It's his business to go to the Celtics game. I mean, how is that not a slap in the face? I mean, it's, it's not his team. Um, he has no business there. Um, it's very disappointing and i understand that the soccer specific stadium thing is complicated i understand that maybe he can't comment on the world cup uh because that's all in motion and, and maybe he doesn't want to say anything you know he, there's really no benefit to saying something so so devil's advocate i understand why he wouldn't say something i would have loved to have seen you you get a question in gustavo um I, I think the fans should get updates on the soccer specific stadium uh I, I think they should get comments about the world cup um and and really when when he doesn't answer those questions to me that says there is no update on the soccer stadium. Uh, th- there isn't good news about the world cup. Um, it- it's concerning. It's concerning. Um, but going to the Celtics game, you're right. Gustavo. There was an event here this afternoon. Um, and and after that, he, he left, he drove North and he went to the Celtics game. Um, that that's, that's really not great. Uh, that- that's really embarrassing. And um, you know, I, I, I- I don't know how much Robert Kraft cares about the team, but it would have been nice to see him support the team as, as opposed to just popping in randomly on the sidelines to talk to Bruce once or twice a year. So anyway, that's my rant. Uh, two rants at the end here. Uh, Traeger, we've been waiting a, a long time to hear you talk. What's on your mind?
4: Um, well, so first, uh, the last round when Miami played Miami in the Open Cup, David Beckham went to the Miami Heat game instead of um, bat rounds game. Um And then second on the draw for the next round. Uh, So looking up on Wikipedia, which has been accurate so far, um, the winners of round 32 will be grouped geographically into four groups. So there will be four groups of four. Uh, And then there will be a random selection for each group um, that will determine the pairs. And then the... Yeah, and then it'll take place tomorrow at 8.30. So it'll be um,
1: it'll be geographically set.
4: Yeah, so it'll be geographically placed, as best as possible, anyway.
2: Got Thanks uh, for that info, Trigger. And yeah. By the way, Trigger, congrats on the uh, graduation.
4: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing I wanted to comment on was I wanted to see what you guys thought they would do for the rotation. So it goes kind of goes back on what you think they'll make a priority. Uh, so they'll have the next game is Atlanta on Sunday and then they have a week off until the following Saturday where they play Cincy again. Um, and then the open cup game against whoever ends up being is in between that Cincy game. And the following weekend is Philadelphia, who I believe is in first place in the East right now. Um, so do you think they rotate heavy for the Cincinnati so they can go back to back with the open cup and then Philly? Or do you think, like, how do you think they rotate those? That's a, that's a, that's a
1: that's good, good question. question. And it kind of touches, touches on what we were talking, we're talking about, earlier. about earlier. Um, Traeger, can, can, can you real quick, back I'm back here, getting some feedback. Back. Sorry. Thank you, Traeger. Um, yeah, that, that gets what we were kind of talking about earlier about how much we're going to prioritize this. Uh, and, and that's a good point. Cincinnati is ahead of you in the standings. Philadelphia is ahead of you in the standings. Uh, I'm not sure where Atlanta is. I believe Atlanta's ahead of you as well. Uh, so you got three teams coming up. Uh, yeah, Atlanta's uh, currently in seventh, Cincinnati's in fifth, uh, and then Philadelphia is in first uh, with 14, 16, and 19 points respectively. So these are three big games against teams that you can kind of catch up to. Um, Bruce Arena says that he expects the team to be healthy going into Sunday. Um, he he expects a fresh squad. So for that game, we can, I would expect a a first team lineup. The irony here would be Cincinnati losing this game. And then, then the Revs send out a a second team uh, against them. Um, I, I, honestly, I think that is probably how they play it. Uh, you know, while, while you guys were talking about how to prioritize the team, I was thinking, you know, if Bruce is going to play a first team, in the first round of the U.S. Open Cup, why wouldn't he in the next round? So, yeah, I bet we do see some rotation in Cincinnati. And then I think we see uh, uh, a first team uh, in the next round, depending on who who we play against. Uh, and then I, I definitely think we see a first team against uh, Philadelphia. Um, I, I definitely think that that is a game you don't want to take lightly between kind of the rivalry that's that's butting up. And if you do catch up, if you do make it up in the standings, um, you know, I, I think Philadelphia taking three points from me at home. Um, you know, th- that I don't want to say that puts him out of reach, but um, that might be consequential down the road. So I, I think that Cincinnati game, I think you nailed it right on the head there, Trigger, where I think that Cincinnati game uh, might be where we see a little bit of rotation if Bruce does play the starters in the next round. Any comment on that, anyone?
4: No, I appreciate your input. I, I, I feel the same way. Um, and just a note, Atlanta lost 3-2 in extra time. So not only did they play extra, but mentally they also lost. So that's a dig too. Yeah,
1: we might get, a, might get a pissed off Atlanta team next week. But great question, Traeger. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Chris, any thoughts here?
2: Uh, not much else to add, I don't think, other than uh, Bobby Shuttleworth got the loss uh, for Atlanta tonight. So, uh, you know, all the Shuttleworth love uh, sent in his way. <laughs> Had a, a rough rough night for him. Um, and Atlanta did roll out with uh, with some uh, first-team uh, attackers, at least. You know, they had Cisneros, who just bagged that hat-trick uh, the other day, or last week, uh, for Atlanta. He was out there. Rajo's out there. Almeida's out there. Moreno's out there. Avaro uh it, Pretty much a, a full first team, except for uh, keepers. So, uh, maybe that's a good thing for the Revs, uh, considering that they went uh, 120 minutes uh, and then lost. So... Um, just looking forward to the weekend, and uh, I hope that even if the Revs, uh, I hope the Revs go all in or very high in to the Open Cup. It's my favorite tournament. I think I said that enough. Uh, I'd love to see them advance in it, but I don't want to see them you know, put uh, put any uh, resources into the Open Cup that's going to necessarily take away from MLS. I think that MLS still needs to be a priority, but just go have fun and uh, try to try to bring in a cup.
1: Mm-hmm. It's been a while since you've talked Chris uh, I, I was starting to worry that you actually did leave us for that other show
2: That was a very good show So uh, I got sucked in for a bit You know uh, <laughs> well, But you pulled me back
1: We did get one, one more uh, commenter here Slat is joining us Slat, how's it going tonight? What's your reaction to tonight's game?
7: Oh hey uh, I just wanted to join just to see uh, What the conversation was about uh, I didn't see the game I was watching the Celtics at this Mexican restaurant But Yeah uh, I don't know. Five one win. That's pretty good. How was Petrovich? Was he, was he good tonight? He was really him? good. He saved Omar like many times or once. Really? Omar, yeah, was yeah he sad, saved Omar. It. Yeah.
1: What, what did you order at the Mexican
7: restaurant? I got fajitas. I got Ooh. half and half chicken steak. Gotcha. Well, hopefully
1: yeah. your meal was a lot better than the Celtics in those final few minutes. It what was. What a choke job! Unbelievable. That
2: was awesome. Now, do you regret watching the Celtics instead of the Revs tonight?
1: Honestly,
7: no. Because I oh. felt like we were going to win the Revolution game. So if
1: you watch the Revs, if you watch the Revs, you, you wouldn't be able to watch it at that Mexican restaurant where you had those amazing fajitas.
7: Exactly. Hey,
2: yeah. I know a bar in Worcester that'll put the Revs game on for you. Just let me know. They it's a Mexican place. Excellent food.
8: Yeah, wait, wait, what's, what's it called? called? I'm in Worcester.
2: I'll get it. I'll get back to you. I forget the name of it. It's been years, but uh, they're fantastic. I'll, I'll get it to you. All
7: right. First, well, first, I'll, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, just. I'm going to shout out Border Cafe in Burlington if anyone's ever been there. The place is fire. Amazing food. If anyone's ever in Burlington and wants Mexican food, go there.
1: Shout out Border Cafe and shout out the place Chris is talking about. Uh, if Chris can't find it, he'll put it in the show notes. Uh, free advertising for them. Hopefully they come on as a sponsor with all this advertisement they're give- we're giving them. Boy, Chris advertising other shows and restaurants that do not sponsor us. Great job, Chris.
2: El Patrono. El Patron's the restaurant. El oh,
1: Patrono. Check out. Do you out.
4: think Craft goes? Patrono plays the Revs games. Game? I
1: did not know that.
2: Uh, uh, on request. Wait, Trigger. Trigger had a
1: comment. Trigger, what were you going to
2: say?
4: Do you think Craft going to the Celtics game and sliding the Revs took the bad mojo at the end of the game from Revs games and gave it to the Celtics? Ooh, like, I like can
9: you
1: blame Craft for the Celtics loss. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: Right. Robert Kraft cannot go to a game for the rest of the season. I say it. He is banned from Rev game. Not that he will care. He
5: doesn't go to games anyways. No,
1: no. But maybe that's why we were good last year. Maybe it's because Robert Kraft wasn't going to any games, then he showed up at the playoffs. We have a new scapegoat, everyone. I know why the Revs lost now.
5: He's kind of the anti-Randy, if you think about it.
1: (laughs) We got one more. We got another comment here. Boy, everyone's coming in last minute. Uh, Locomotive FC, what's up? Oh, wait. Hang on. Is he muted? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up? What's on your mind? Uh, hey, I just couldn't help but think. Uh, I heard everybody talking about Robert Kraft being at the Celtics game. What about Jonathan? He's kind of the Revs guy. Was he at least in the stadium tonight? Uh, Gustavo, are you still here? Do you know if Jonathan Kraft was there? Um,
6: if he was, nobody the posted the a picture. <laughs> he's he's he uh, he's, he's the Revs guy. I said that there in his speech, his speech for 20 minutes, and he didn't mention the Rams once. Uh, it was all about the Patriots' house and giving the, the Patriots a house, and how he allows the Patriots to be there, and he didn't mention the Revolution name once.
5: Man, that is
6: oh. that is disheartening. Uh, mm-hmm. And
5: hey,
1: Gustavo, I just got to say, man, you're doing yeoman's work with this reporting out there. Great job, man. Keep it up. Thank you, Gustavo.
6: Just, just one thing, it's just funny how that State is older than me. Keep going.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, that's, that's, uh, oof. All right. Well, Gustavo, I was going to compliment you and say you've been a, a wonderful addition, uh, to the press corps, too. Uh, so, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you've been doing some great reporting, especially on Barrero uh, and the uh, signings from Bra- uh, Brazil and South America for reps, too. So, uh, keep up the good work. Uh, thank Chris, you, Chris. What you got for me?
2: The the fact that I'm just thinking about attending a 1994 World Cup match at Foxborough Stadium, and, the, and now I know that Gillette Stadium is older than uh, Gustavo's kind of kind of hurtful, but uh, I, th- I think that's pretty much it for me <laughs> on the night.
1: I didn't I didn't think anything could ruin this night other than the Celtics, uh, and Gustavo had to remind us. To yeah, I'm old. from June of
2: 2002.
6: But oh. That's a reality. I, I would love to see a a World Cup game in Boston
1: in Foxborough, but. Apparently, that's not going to happen. So that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Gustavo's so young, he might see a soccer specific stadium in his lifetime. A lot of people on this
6: call can't say that. Hey, honestly, Adam, if you keep with the Robert Kraft, I wonder we're never going to see one.
1: Uh, that's, that's a ramp for another day, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning no. I don't want to get too heavy into it. Adam Books, the number one fan, has been waiting patiently for a long time. Adam, I'm giving you the last comment, then we got to wrap up. What's on your mind?
7: B- before we end, I just want to say. What a great game Taejon had today for Club Bruges.
2: He capped it off with the red card, too.
7: Yeah. (laughs) That's a great shout saved. He saved him, though. He saved him. He did. He did. He did.
1: Taejon Buchanan, old friend Taejon Buchanan, uh, coming in big for uh, Club Bruges today, uh, scoring. Uh, Great to see him thriving over there internationally. Everyone, hey, thank you, everyone, for joining us Gustavo, Chris, Traeger, uh, Locomotive, Randy, Gabriel, uh, Slat, Adam. Uh, Everyone else who joined uh, that has uh, less sense, Corey, uh, Bobby. I should Golden Hand. Uh, Everyone, this has been great. This has been an amazing uh, Twitter Spaces. I I didn't think anyone would want to come in after a win. I thought everyone would want to come in and bitch after a loss. But instead, we had a great night. We had a great game. uh, Great Twitter Spaces. Unfortunately, the Celtics screwed it up. But you know what? Good fajitas were had. So thank you everyone for joining us. Hey, if you don't follow us on already Twitter at Revolution Recap. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook pages. We're trying to build up that Instagram. Trying to get up to 300 followers, so please follow us there. Be sure to follow The Bent Musket on Twitter, our friends at The Bent Musket. Follow their work online at thebentmusket.com for year-round coverage. Follow our friends at The Rebellion on Twitter and go to anyrebellion.org to learn more about them. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you listen uh, to podcasts and make sure you rate us. We're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews before the end of the year. I see a bunch of people in here. I know a handful of you haven't rated us yet. Hey, five-star reviews on iTunes or Spotify. Please help us out. Uh, And help out our sponsor, Glasso Kits, too. There's something that you're going to love at GlassoKits.com. Promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off your order. Thanks, everyone. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys doing this Twitter space with me. This is a lot of fun. We will see you this weekend.